Hey everyone, quick disclaimer before we start the episode today. On today's episode, we talk about interest rates and the rising cost of living in Australia. Please bear in mind, this is not financial advice, but our opinion for our current situation. We recommend speaking to financial professionals as your financial situation is specific to you and you alone. Enjoy the episode. Patty, thank you for having me. And I say thank you personally because right now you are house-sitting Sean's place. This is my place. This is not Sean's. This is my place. You've officially (laughs) taken over as landlord and you've kicked Sean out. After that video of him releasing the the gauntlet launcher, you said you were moving out, but in in reality, you actually kicked him out of his own house. Absolutely. The thing is, you know, we had had a couple of tactical team discussions, you and I, just at the pub, and we thought, you know what, how could we really get rid of him? So we did the ultimate thing. We bought him a plane ticket to Europe, and we just fucked Send yeah. hey, bro, get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> and if you here. want to see the video, it's on our YouTube now. So check out the Gauntlet Launcher. Um, but really, like we said, we're actually in Sean's house now. And with owning a house comes having a mortgage. Mm. And with having a mortgage comes an interest rate. Now, this podcast isn't about Sean's personal finance details. So I don't yeah. know what, anything but about you, it, interest rates. Could bro, I mean, you told me to, go, to contact Commonwealth Bank and uh, St. George and get his details. So Did I, you do I, it? Yeah. Oh shit! What was the what was the outcome? Come on, tell the fans. Pin number three two one seven. Uh, you know, I. If you want anything else, you need to hit me up personally. So that that could be on our Patreon. Yeah, exactly right. Um, cash in the bank, forty two thousand elephants. Oh shit! That's a pretty good, pretty good financial outcome there. Very, but very good. No, very seriously, good. what I wanted to touch on was pretty much an extension of the last podcast where we sort of talked about the rising car market and how that's been affecting mm. us and whatnot. And I thought it was inevitable to like. To, to talk not to talk about interest rates and increased home loans and um, how that's following inflation and whatnot because we're all being affected by this whole car market thing but that's just yeah. sort of one subsidy of it so to talk about everything would take a while but I think you know it's a good opportunity for us to sit here and talk about interest rates as a whole yes. and have a general chat about how it's affecting I guess both you and me even if it's not affecting you now how it's going to affect you mm. and like everything sort of in the world right now and in Australia more specifically because we're all sort of feeling the burn mm-hmm. um, so I assume you've done some sort of like some research on interest rates so from a, I've done a little bit yes from yes, a general Joe's perspective a general- having a pub with his grandfather and you got to talk pub, about interest I've, rates having, to- having being at the pub having a beer what would you say how would you explain an interest rate Patty? Okay, so I guess the the easiest way I think I've found to explain an interest rate, like the like the year ten math uh, general maths example, would be you know the amount charged over the principal amount by the lender to the borrower or from or from the borrower. Yeah. So basically, if I borrow a hundred dollars from you, James, and then you charge a five percent interest rate, I now owe you. $105. Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of like the basic way. You actually had a, a really good example before. What was that? Like it was... Oh, it was just saying like um, like if you're if, if 10 people are going for the same thing, right? And this is talk, talking about more supply and demand. So it's going back to the mm. um, inflation or CPI, which is essentially a basket of goods sort of fluctuating, I guess, going up and down based on supply and demand. So if you have 10 people who want to buy, say, for example, um, you know, a, a loaf of bread, but there's only that one slice of bread. Well, what are they going to do? They're going to increase that price and effectively someone who can afford it is going to buy it. Mm -hmm. It sort of weeds buyers out. And that's sort of the inflation side of it. Whereas, you know, we can talk about both of them because interest rates essentially follow that inflation. It follows the the rate rise in that CPI and goods Mm -hmm. and products and whatnot. Exactly. But the thing is also in Australia, we call interest rate cash rate. 
Correct, yeah. So in then I was like, okay, what the fuck is cash rate now? I need to know another term. So cash rate is the market interest rate for, for overnight loans between financial institutions. So it's like if Commonwealth Bank borrows money from another bank, the cash rate will be what they owe their other bank. Yeah, and effectively that's being decided from the RBA, I believe. So, what does the RBA stand for again? Um, Reserve Bank of Australia, and like they're they're not a governing body; they're not owned by the government. Um, the government doesn't have any influence on the RBA. They're, they're sort of this independent body that they meet once a month and they talk about the economic factors that have been that are happening. And this and this is what scares me, honestly, just because of the fact that an a non governmental body is dictating what we owe financial services and also just like what we owe like car, for, for cars, for property, for yeah. everything. And it's just these group of, like, it's almost like Illuminati shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one can see it that way and like you can understand why because it's like, and well, what, what's actually going on? Yeah, and we, we mentioned the RBA because they're the ones, RBA control interest rate in Australia or cash rate in Australia. Yeah, so they determine the cash rate and from there your bank will decide the, the sort of interest rate um, there's like a reference rate. I don't know what it is at the moment. Um, it's, it's actually higher than most interest rates. I think it was... Are you talking about the current target in, like, that they announced a few days there's ago? A, there's a reference rate. Last time I checked it, it was 7.8% on an interest rate, but I think it's actually higher than that. Well, cu- currently, the RBA raised interest rate for the 10th time, taking cash rate target to 3.6%. That's, that's the cash rate, yeah. Okay, yeah. So there's all these different rates and stuff we follow, but effectively what the RBA is trying to do is is regulate it to inflation. So what you have is this 2.3% um, you know, increase every year. And, and what the RBA wants to do is adjust that cash rate to sort of slow down the economy to meet that. Um, over this year, it actually increased 7.8%, which is um, you know, on, on over double what it normally is. And there's a couple of reasons why, which um, we'll get into today. So the first one is uncertainty. And I say uncertainty because I don't want to use the term COVID because COVID was obviously the pandemic that caused this. But really what COVID was, was a lot of uncertainty. Um, mm-hmm. this new virus came out. We didn't know much about it. We didn't know what it could do to you. People were dying and dropping dead. So effectively, um, rapid demand of goods occurred. So after lockdown, so what we, what we went is like people going into lockdown, right? That in itself caused an increase in demand in some products, right? You're in lockdown. You're now working from home. So by working from home, you're like, all right, we'll have to now buy a home office. We saw a rapid increase in retail. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Rapid increase in retail costs. I mean, people started buying monitors. People started buying microphones like us. Toilet paper. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> like, we, we saw that. That was like the first effect of it. And the funniest thing was about it, well, not even, this is not funny, that they, they, they actually shut things down when, when actually demand went up. So they stopped production of certain materials. They stopped global supply. They shut things down when it was like, well, hang on a minute. This doesn't make any sense because we actually, more people are ordering things while you're shutting down. So it's a bit of this double, double-edged double sword, this mm. double whammy. It's like, it's like during COVID, everyone just, everything, all the shopping turned from, you know, physical stores to online, online purchasing. And then, you know, like Australia Post or like Amazon or, um, you know, just like, like Express Post or whatever, those like Express Post doubled in price and yep. then it would just take you, you know, three months, six months for whatever you got to actually eventually come to you. If it was just a pair of shirts, like a sh- some shoes or shirts or whatever. At an increased cost too because you're literally losing workers. Yeah. People are being stood down, um, you know, people are staying at home and, and that was causing the major issues. What I actually found in, in crazy about this is when we the returning to normal bit. 
So obviously, we, there's never going to be this full normal, normal pre-COVID because things have changed now. But the returning to normal is actually where we've seen this rapid boom because now everyone is buying. What we've seen now is going back out of lockdown, people buying plane tickets. Everyone wants to travel, right? Oh, we can travel now. So mm. the aviation industry will go up. Skyrocketing. Um, like, what, what, like some other examples I can think of is people now going out shopping, getting back into the economy. So what that's doing is that's causing this crazy high demand that we're not usually seeing. We usually see this like sort of flatline curve and it follows this 3% mm. a year. Whereas now it's like this exponential growth. And that's just sort of sort of one part on it. Another thing we saw was government spending money on PPE and these um, uh, tests and PCRs and pop-up clinics. So that putting funding in for that is another thing that causes increases as well. So... Everything sort of in conjunction with each other. Like PPE. Uh, personal protective equipment. So what governments did is they actually supplied businesses with things like face masks, um, gloves and all that sort of things. To sort Hand of sanitizer, that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly right. Okay. Yeah. So that kind of hit us really hard, um, all those things combined. And that was just sort no, of... Um, well, okay. Well, well let's, let's, let's stop at this part. Let's stop here for a second. So we can... Like, okay, why... But you just can't have prices of goods and services go up in price and have that a justifiable reason for having property markets go up or anything like yeah. that. But, okay, what are you um, And I'm happy we're coming back to it because there's another sort of two things causing that sort of um, inflation and whatnot. But COVID is a really good example, like while we're here, is a lot of people started buying houses during COVID. I don't know what it was. There was just this sort of coincidence where when we were in the first lockdown sort of interest rates were one low at that time and the housing market was not terrible if property was high but people wanted to buy investment properties people were looking to move because we're working from home people like i can actually work remotely now um i don't have to work you know um out in a certain area to go to work so i'm gonna buy say for example up in the central coast even i'm gonna work down in sydney so that was one part of it, people buying more and more property. But what the um, what the RBA actually needs to do is slow the economy down, like we mentioned before. So with increasing inflation, also you're going to get this increase in people buying property, which is mm. actually going to, in a way, destroy the economy. So by increasing the interest rate, you actually reduce people's borrowing power and therefore you reduce the people's ability to buy a house and you actually re- you reduce the demand overall. And that's as simple as you can put it, is you actually stopping people from buying houses so the the, the the actual supply of houses won't sort of go go to zero in a way okay 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 this is a good point you brought up because what i've been seeing recently at least from the, the area that we're from there's been an increase like you know like those sale for sale signs you know like for sale for rent for lease whatever yeah there's just been an increased amount just everywhere popping up left right and center and i assume that's because they the rba want the economy to it's almost like the economy was getting too strong and now we need it to plateau. In a way, yeah, we need less people. It sounds counterintuitive. Less people effectively have to buy a house for the prices they're getting. Because like, what normally happens is the property market follows inflation and that's why a lot of investors buy property because as, as goods and services go up, so does property. What we're seeing now is a price of property go down because by increasing the interest rate, you're sort of forcing buyers out of the market in a way. You're forcing people out because they can't afford it. Mm. People can't afford to borrow um, what they used to. So say, for example, you borrow, for argument's sake, $600,000 at an interest rate of 2%. The bank will assess that and you can afford it based on how much you'd have to pay a month. But if that goes up to say 4%, well, that's, you know, you've, you've doubled what you can't afford pretty much in, in to put it like mm. lightly. You've, you've doubled the interest rate. So... 
You need to hand like what you make reassessed, what you make in a month, what you can pay a month, and effectively less people can afford that. Mm, and right. the, as, as a result, the property market will plateau, as we've seen in some areas, actually falling slightly. Yeah, but the property market has risen so for so long since you know, like, I guess like in the past two decades, you know, yeah. it's, like, it's just been skyrocketing from you know the average house, especially in, you know, in Sydney, like this, like this area that we're in, in Sean's area. You know, you could you probably like ten years ago, you probably could have gotten a property for you know. Three hundred, three four hundred thousand dollars easily, yeah. But now, minimum, you'd be paying five hundred, like for just for like that's and that's that, really really cheap, and, that, and yeah. that's generous, and that's been as like a generous like estimation, yeah. But the thing is, it's uh, I've always thought about these like the the when, when it comes to interest rates and like like kind of stagnating the economy. I think it all falls back to what you're giving the people. So twenty years ago, you say that oh, if I go to the bank to borrow to borrow a certain amount of money to buy a house it was going to be okay because in a seven years time i will own full i would have full ownership of that house based on i have 60 i earn maybe fifty thousand dollars a year and this is a four hundred thousand dollar house if i borrow that i will be able to pay it off and you know maybe 10 years time yeah now whereas now it puts so much uncertainty for it, as they keep rising you'll just, just be rates. owning them for the rest of your life especially when there's like million dollar plus houses and you yeah. bet and what's like what's the minimum like full-time wage that someone will get, you know, 60,000, 60, yeah, 60, I think average is like, even in, in Australia is like between 50 and $60,000, 50, 50 to 70, which is nothing to buy a good, decent property. Yeah. Like it's pushing people into the rental market, which has actually made the rental market worse. It's like, you know, you go to a rental inspection now and it's about 30 people trying to rent because it's actually pushed people out of buying, forcing people into the rental market. So it's all this collateral damage and it's sort of very similar analogy to like the the brand new cars versus secondhand cars because obviously you can't get a brand new car. The price mm. of secondhand cars goes up. It's very similar with buying and renting, at least in my opinion. But before we sort of mm. keep touching on that, I wanted to sort of talk about the causes because we only touched on COVID, which was one of three main things in Australia. And now the second one we talked about probably this time last year and that was, can you tell me? No. <laughs> the war in Ukraine. Oh, for fuck's sake. So the war in Ukraine um, kind of had a massive effect and we did touch on this in the podcast. So I recommend going back a year to when we released it. Um, what was the title of that? Putting your money where your mouth is? Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I might actually might have... Uh, uh, no, I thought that was too risque. So I just th- I think it was basic Ukraine v. Russia. <laughs> yeah. And I know, so I know in that podcast, Sean sort of touched a lot on the geopolitical impacts with um, projects and whatnot um, and targeting the STEM field. Um, there was a lot of things with um, with renewables and also like nuclear plants and stuff like that. But where we're sort of feeling the hit here is obviously with fuel. So you obviously you, you go to any oh, fuel station and you see dollar seventy, and that's good. When I see a dollar seventy now, I'm like, that is good. That's cheap. But, so, but compared to two years ago before fucking COVID, yeah, you saw a dollar seventy. You're like, fuck that. I'm gonna wait till it goes back down to a dollar thirty, a dollar forty. Telling me, and even even that was like mid range sort of price at the time. So. Just to sum it up, like Russia is the second largest, largest uh, gas producer, the third largest oil producer, and they supply 80 to 90% of neon gas. And what neon's used for is um, to make semiconductors and almost 25% of the world's wheat is what Russia also produced. But going back mm. to the semiconductor part, that goes into your electronics, that goes into cars as well. So that and it's that's just another impact that it has on things like the car market, which we actually touched on in the last podcast. But yeah, that's why we're seeing like a, this semiconductor shortage too, which is... um. Many more reasons other than the war, but that's sort of one of the main ones as well. Um, so it's obviously supply and demand is a big one with Russia. We've seen a massive loss in that and therefore increase in prices. So like farmer shortages of fertilizer, um, going back into the wheat situation and whatnot. 
and that obviously again shortages supply of fuel um, has seen petrol prices so that's sort of what we're feeling the effects um in in with the war in ukraine and, you know mm. hopefully that stagnates and stops in you know very soon i think you know i don't know much about it because i don't i don't read crazy amounts into the war but it seems to have died off more so than last year it seems to be still going on it, but it, it most certainly is still going on and they think there's still very much high risk of uh like world war uh, ww3 breaking out at any any second really yeah it, i mean again it's coming back to uncertainty right and then when you talk about uncertainty you know financial institutions and businesses start doing crazy things it's yeah, like well yeah. i don't i don't know what's going to happen in two weeks or in two months or even in two years so i've got to now shut my business down to account for this uncertainty it's like, like what was it uh, like disney amazon and um netflix like all last year they laid off you know a couple hundred employees each yeah, like the companies, you know, I think Netflix laid off 300, 300 employees. Disney laid off, you know, what was it like? I'm, I'm, what was it? Twitter or Amazon? I don't know which one. Like laid off a bunch of employees. Wasn't employees. it? Oh, I thought I'm pretty sure it was Twitter at one point. Twitter. I, that was um more so with the Elon Musk situation, wasn't it? Because they were questioning his like. Yeah. So that's a bit a bit off, but that's enough. That's, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's a lawsuit for another discussion, you know. That's yeah. <laughs> so there's that one, but the one third one is sort of. We did a podcast on this right after the war in Ukraine. Can you remember that podcast we did? No, I didn't. This was the flooding podcast. So oh, these oh two, God, we've yes. talked about all of these things, but we haven't come back to how it's causing um, inflation and therefore rise of interest rates. And this one's sort of interesting to us in the STEM field because it relates to climate change. Now, what flooding leads to is the destruction of sort of agricultural land, right? And you, you remember the price of lettuce sort of last year, how there was this weird scandal when cucumbers and lettuce yeah. were like three times the price that they normally were. Mm, yeah, that and asparagus. Asparagus, a lot of greens, right? A lot of things are growing in sort of farmland. So that led to crazy amounts of supply shortages. And then going back to that supply and demand factor, you know, we lost a lot of agricultural land and therefore a lot of like sort of vegetables that we and fruits that we eat from from farms. So natural disasters are terrible when it comes to inflation and hmm. we're only going to see them get worse over time with more fires and more floods unless we sort of crack onto this, like we've already been cracking onto it, but if we keep to our plan and do even more, I think there's this sort of um, sort of common moral high ground across the industry that we're not doing enough and we need to be doing more, especially in Australia, to sort of solve this whole climate issue. But again, you can talk about that for ages. Do you reckon another part of the rising interest rates in Australia is also the part, the fact that we're so far away from, I guess, the global central of the world where it's the majority of like that the decisions that happen on a global scale are in the US or in like Central Europe? I don't think I don't think to do with the decisions as such because we get sorry as much of a say, I guess as as every other country, right? Like we're involved as much as possible. Where we're going to feel the stab, I think, is in is in transportation costs, right? Because mm. the increased sort of price in aviation fuel is going to lead to increase in supply costs, and because we're so far away from, I guess, a lot uh, places like Russia um, that export these things, it's going to sort of exponentially increase over time places like china for example we get our iron ore and that's sort of a separate topic because sorry we actually export iron ore my bad but we get stainless steel sort of come back to us that's going to be a big issue mm. um in its own for a different reason but it's a lot closer so in in like a normal operating day if everything was all good in terms of trading then yeah we would be fine 
Um, but, I, you know, it depends sort of how far away you are from these places too. But as, yeah, as the price of fuel goes up for aviation and supply and um, workers' wages and whatnot, that's just going to keep increasing over time. Oh. So it is, it is like geography and location-based too. The second thing with flooding is not just agricultural land, but electricity as well. And, and sort of this is, I guess, would be a good topic for Sean to touch on, but um, it relates to sort of electricity grid sort of in mains going down. So when you have natural disasters, um, you can have substations that become inundated with floodwaters. You can have just electrical poles go down. It happens quite a bit. We've seen a couple of projects sort of across across the board where they're trying to find more ways to back it up. Like, what do you do? Do you have diesel generators on standby, which are going to get more expensive? So it's like, well, no, that, that doesn't make any sense, um, but people still do it. You know, do you look to to renewables and batteries and stuff like that to have to have backup? So it's going to push sort of push us to to do something with the electricity grid or or backups in the future because you will lose them in natural disasters. You see it all the time. Like you look at what's happened recently in Turkey and Syria, that earthquake, right? Mm. If that happened here, gone. We'd lose so much of I guess the electricity grid if it happened in such a high sensitive area. Well, we out. The entire electricity grid is now run off the uh, was it the MBN M- the no no, no not MBN what am I talking about and it's like, that's fiber optic mate you're talking about network oh jeez what I wanted to touch on I guess going back to the whole flooding thing though is that's affecting everything that's affecting water electricity and food so that that to me is why we're seeing crazy prices going up um, for like um, your supermarket products, your vegetables mm. and whatnot. That's why cost of energy and cost of water is going to go up. Uh, at least one of the reasons anyway. But yeah, your, your question about water, that's sort of like one little part of it. That the When you want to talk about a war on water, that's a future sort of issue. Mm. And um, I sort of don't have enough information. I know I am the Aquaman, but I don't really um, have sort of the expertise well, to well, comment the, on the that. Jason, the Jason Momoa of our organization over here. <laughs> Mate, I wish I looked like with Jason. Bro, I don't bro, think I do. Uh, I'm seeing a couple of fo- I'm seeing a couple of uh, muscles poking out there. A couple of veins popping through the forearm. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So that's sort of the causes of sort of rising inflation and therefore interest rates. So I think from from my understanding, and none of us like we're not acting like we're. I guess, economist we, or experts we, we on are, this topic. We are in no way, shape or form um, experts in this field. We're just two people that are, I guess, not concerned, but, you know, curious about why this is happening. And how it can affect us. Because yeah. my main, which kind of, I'm glad we're talking about this, because my main concern is the, I guess, the mental stress and mental health that is going to have an impact on people. Because obviously, when it comes to, like, like higher interest rates equals like a higher maybe a higher rent a higher lease a higher mortgage whatever which will then in turn like cause a mental strain on just the public when it's it should be it's almost it's like a double-edged sword where it's like okay i see a gap in the market i see a supply there's an issue in supply and demand as you said like there's like one loaf of bread 10 people want it whoever wants to pay the highest they can get it yeah no exactly right and it's like and I understand that from a business point of view, being like, "Oh, if I have a if I have a product that everyone wants, yeah, I want to like I want to make a fucking killing out of this." Which is saying the supply and demand, yeah, exactly. But then there's the other side of the of the of the payload where it's like, "Hey, like we have an ob- we have an obligation, nor actually, nay, a like we have a, it's our job to make sure everything's affordable." Yeah, but. How can you? I don't know how they can justify, you know, me going to Aldi or going to Woolies or going to Coles, and what I used to pay for, like, if I paid a hundred bucks worth of groceries two years ago, I'll get, you know, three bags worth of everything I needed. But now, 
You're lucky to get half a bag, yeah. Bro, everything's so fucking expensive. It's like I don't I don't see the ju- the justification for jacking the prices up, yet I do. Yeah, and it's I th- it, this is a very dangerous thing to speculate on, but I don't actually see increasing interest rates is going to help with this, right? Because no. like for at least in my experience from people I talk to about how they feel about it, like, well, yeah, it's going to affect me, but I'm still going to buy. People still need to buy places. People are still trying to invest. Mm, yeah. So like even with people doing investments, like how they've raised the cash rate, um, you know, it's, it's made people harder to borrow that money, sure, but there's workarounds people find, right? There's always workarounds people find to getting, taking money out, um, getting investments and people might actually be exploiting the interest rate going up. Yeah, yeah. So what I mean by that is, People might buy an investment property, be like, cool, the interest rate's high. That means I can claim more money back at tax time because it, you know I offset it against my income. So I, to me, it just seems so... We live in this very interesting time where the RBA is doing what they're doing to make it harder for people to buy and pay off a mortgage. But people are like, yes, I don't like it, but I'm still going to do what I can to get that money out. So mm. it might slow it down, but I don't think it's going to achieve what the RBA wants. And potentially that's why they're increasing it sort of so much. They've, again, it comes back to this uncertainty principle. And I feel like this is the theme of everything is they don't know what's going to happen. So they're just mm. going crazy. I want to throw a hypothetical at you. Sure. What do you think would happen if this happens? So, okay. Interest rate has gone up, right? It's probably going to keep... It's, the reports from what I from what I've read on you know like on, on CanStar like I've, I think I did a lot of my research on that and a couple of other news other news outlets to kind of get their opinion on it. On CanStar they're predicting that it's going to go even more higher by May and then May will probably plateau. Yeah. So I think they're going to it's like over going to be over interest will be over well over four percent. Yeah. What if no one just paid it? What if there was just a a, a countrywide revolt and everyone was like for every single bank everyone just like no we're not paying it go fuck yourself i refuse to do this also when it comes to food it's like everyone just like no i would rather starve than pay ten dollars for a bag of spinach (laughs) this is pure hypothetical right this is pure hypothetical because if no one buys it they need to lower the price at least that's the theory that i'm thinking of because obviously if people want it and and I, I think Australia is very common with this, where it's like, especially when it comes to alcohol and other things that we just we but that's, have yeah. advice for, we'll just happily pay it. You know, like like a cigarettes here are thirty bucks for a, for a can. You know, alcohol here a case, a case like a, a case of White Claw in Australia is nearly a hundred, nearly a hundred bucks. Yeah. Whilst in America, like the same thing, a cut like a, ba- a carton of cigarettes and they are. Uh, and a white and a bag, a box of white claw, like a slab of white claw, is like thirty bucks for the for the white claw, even less. Yeah, and like five bucks for the cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, right. and it's like I don't know. I've had I've had convos about this with from people from overseas, and they theorize that. Oh, I think you guys just you. It's like we whinge a little bit, and then we just pay it. I think with cigarettes and alcohol, though, we we, we, we pay a lot of tax on that. Though that's where a lot of the money comes from. Like the GST think, on cigarettes is I crazy. We, I think we just pay it just because we will. Yeah, and because people, we love having a, we love having a crack in Australia. We love, yeah, pe- yeah. We're, we're n- nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, it's like, oh, I will happily forego like my my vices so everything can be lowered in price. Yeah, yeah. I think look hypothetically, if everyone wants to do that, I think that's the actual goal, right? Is to slow the economy down. The reason these things go up is so less people sort of to buy, and they go right. We actually have to adjust that rate, mm. so you know we we come to a compromise, but. 
you know, we don't want to get to the you part know, where a loaf of bread is going to cost a hundred dollars. No, well, like speaking of hypothet- hypothetically, I know, actually no, I think st- theoretically, people can go without food and food and drink for forty days before before, <laughs> hey, before we're, dying. We're not going to be so we're we not going to be inducing <laughs> suffering onto people. To reduce the price. As I said, it's a Men and women's got to eat. <laughs> Boys got to eat, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, uh, it, as I said, it's a hypothetical. I don't, it's definitely not going to happen. Like, yeah, but, it's a, but the thing is, it's like, it's the power, it's the whole thing with like power of the people, where it's like people, if there's like a, if, if there's a march for, you know, like nurses and teachers that they want to get like higher wages, which I'm all for, the same thing should be for everyone else. If they want lower tax or lower this like we need, to, we need to like fight for it unfortunately there's a there's a few things like so to actually get this everything stabilized we're now we're now i guess going back to normal in conjunction with seeing production facilities also go back to normal right so because when everything happened production facilities closed down they're still getting to the point where they're going back to the normal production levels but that's not enough right because that while these places were shut down that demand was still there mm. but there was little production so now we need sort of extra production to meet that normal average demand. So stainless steel is a really good example. And I'll touch on that now because this is obviously how it's affecting the engineering field and projects and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so the price of stainless steel in March 2022, so a year ago, was actually up 42%. And this was pretty much this reduction of... Imp- like So this was two things that caused this. Reduction of imports of stainless steel because of the COVID lockdowns in China and also production facilities shutting down like I just touched on and rambled on for the last um, five minutes, mm-hmm. cause this boom in price. Now, this is going to cause a massive delay in critical projects and also an increase in cost of materials. So all of these projects targeting, I guess, renewable energy, you know, to, to help beat climate change, technologies, every single sector that use, even even the car market needs still. So like, sorry, just touching back on that last podcast, so the increase in, in check it out. Yeah. It's on Spotify. <laughs> the increase in price of that is is sort of detrimental because we, we're fighting we're fighting fires, right? We need to get projects done, mm. but we're waiting so long to get materials and therefore waiting a long time to get these projects done. Where we've got a problem we have to solve, but we're fighting hard to solve it because of, you know, supply and demand. The same is for timber, right? So when we saw the bushfires that happened in 2019 to 2020, we saw like about 130,000 hectares of land, um, of, of sorry, trees that could be used to make timber gone. Mm-hmm. So floods didn't help that either because you no. need the right conditions. So this is, this is terrible. This is chicken and egg in terms of well, what do we solve first because climate change is destroying our things, causing prices to go up but we need to buy these things to fix climate change. So we're in this like endless circle that's we're not we're not going to sort this out. Jeez. And I don't know the answer to it. So this is this no. is sort of where it's affecting the 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 inflation chain that just keeps yeah, on going. Yeah, exactly. Around, like around, I wish I could draw this up right now to show people what I meant is like yeah, we, we we're literally chasing our tail to sort the issue out. So these issues we we need to come up with a solution sort of quickly, something alternative and that's why, you know, there's, there's a lot of emerging technologies that don't use traditional ways to yeah. make things like these are these are a lot of good. These points are very like good to keep an eye out for because I, I bro, I literally found this out the other day. That apparently, there's a state election coming up. I had no idea. Oh really? Yeah, no, it's been no. it's been it's been on the horizon for a while. Yeah, bro. No, I've I've seen no marking about it on the news or anything like that. I'm being like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. So you know, these, these are things to keep an eye out for. At least when it comes, to, you know, like what's like things like the renewables environment. You know, like uh, like water. You know. 
food, food yeah. prices. Like keep keep an eye at those for like in those candidates, I guess. Well, I think I think that's our three, like our three biggest like items now is is food, energy, and water. Those three things need to be working very very well hmm. for us to keep doing what we're doing and to be able to you know comfortably solve the problems we are because without those three things you don't have longevity people start to suffer gone mm, there's yeah. there's like once you don't have health you've got nothing and I, I i should touch on this it didn't help that in 2021 of june they introduced the sorry in 2021 june construction dwellings went up by about 60 percent because of the home grants government home builder grant governments were giving out so really? like, yeah they were literally during covid giving out twenty five thousand or fifteen thousand dollar grants which is great for homeowners to build um to build their houses or renovate which is great but production facilities closed like during that time. So home, had, re- home reno. You had home renos going on while there wasn't any like anything, any who, way to who supply. Needs safety materials. inspections. That's what I say. <laughs> Completely different topic. There. <laughs> anyway. You're trying to, you're trying to reduce the cost of things by cutting out safety inspections. Cause they do cost quite a bit of money. Nah, who needs uh, them? Who needs Who needs the safety officer? <laughs> I am the safety officer. Oh, the ergonomics of this podcast are not great right now. I'm very uncomfortable. Uh, I'm, I'm sweating. Ch- I'm changing the aircon off. This is not safe. I'm changing the nickname from the Yakko man to the safety officer. <laughs> <laughs> we got Uncle Toby and the safety officer. Why don't you? You don't even have a proper nickname. You should be the safety officer. I'm HR. <laughs> You're the business administrator. Business administrator. I'm marketer. I'm, I'm marketing Mike. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, so okay. Uh, so so pretty much to wrap this up, a good way to talk, a good thing to talk about is ways we can sort of to deal with this. And now, if you've sort of there's either one, if you have a mortgage already and paying off interest rates, and two, if you don't and you want to get into the market, this is going to affect everyone, and it goes hand in hand with inflation. Again, we, to cover everything, it's going to take would take a long time. So bringing it back to interest rates, if you have a mortgage. And this one's kind of counterintuitive, but make extra repayments on on your mortgage, right? So in the short term, you're like, why would I do that? Like I'm literally spending all of my money to make repayments. I, I'm living pay to pay because of this. Well, I'll touch on that point soon, but make extra repayments because in the long run, you're actually going to pay down your principal quicker. And by pay, paying down that principal quicker, that's sort of less payment over the long run. So mm-hmm. pretty much okay, what would happen okay. is if you're, if you're doing the minimum repayment, you'll be paying off, like you said earlier in the podcast, your house for the rest of your life. If you're paying, say, three to $400 extra a month, if you can afford it, well, you might actually take you 25 years to pay that off as opposed to 30. Yeah. So in the long run, you're actually... Plus, so you pro- probably better on your credit as well. Yeah, or yeah, better credit score. Um, I, th- I don't know if they take that into account. I think with um, mortgage repayments, just if you make the repayment, mm. um, it's like a credit card bill, right? You don't get a better credit score for paying it off quicker. You just got to pay it off in that interest-free yeah. sort of period or pay it when it's due sort of thing. Um, refinance your loan if you can. So if you do have a loan, there's brokers out there that can help you. Um, there's competitive interest rates. Some bank will have lower interest rates than others. I'm um, try- trying to compete with each other. Just speak to your broker, speak to accountants, see what you can do. Speak to a lot, a few other financial professionals. Like, yeah. In, like, like, look, I mean, I don't trust all of them, but however, you know, there's some good ones out there. Yeah. Yeah. And... Well, that, that, and that's the thing. Like people will try and also exploit you as well. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. The it, way it, I see that, it's kind of like the real estate market, how like people try and, you know, get a bit out of you and the result you get, it might not be all black and white. So make sure you trust your broker, you trust 
the person helping you from the bank, you know, do a bit of research on it. But there are ways to to lower your interest rate, you know, because at the yeah. end of the day, an extra two or three hundred dollars for someone might be quite a lot. Yeah, that might and, be their spending and money. I, and I think we probably need to say this as a disclaimer. This is the opinions from two people that are not from the financial institute institutions. People are just like we just, you know. I guess, curious about it and yeah. th- things that we're probably going to be doing. If you guys want to do it, great, cool, but we do not like... Exactly right. What, yeah, this is not professional this advice. This is not professional advice. We don't probably recommend it, but, you know, take, take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, which is a, which is great how we're talking about the point of speak to a financial advisor because that's what you need to be doing. Yeah, that's what we're going to be doing. Um, the other one I want to talk about, and this goes back to my first point on, on making extra payments, is track your spending. Like... I started tracking my spending probably mid last year properly. Mm-hmm. And what I found was, holy shit, I'm spending a lot of fucking money on things that I need to be spending money on. Like too, I'm too much on coffee. Yeah. I'm overspending a lot. Bro, so bro, get the $11 Aldi, like, like big fuck off. Big mop. pack of beans. Yeah. Big, big, big pack off of beans. And bro, you make it for 50 cents. Yeah. Yeah. And what I, what I found was when I was like saying, all right, what can I afford like monthly maximum? that is like going to work with mortgage repayments and things I need to buy, take into account for bills and whatnot and still live comfortably. And once I figure that number out, I'm like, holy shit, like this is actually not too bad. So then what I found, I'm like, okay, what I've now got to account for is how much the bank might increase their interest rates by. So whether that's another, say 2.5%, which is fucking a lot. It's like they're doing 0.25% every month has been the average. What's going to happen to me if that happens? So preparing for the future and seeing what your spe- what your monthly spending should be. And more than likely, you're going to find that I can actually afford this. I'm just overspending a lot as it is and I'm not realizing it because mm. it's very easy to go out and just tap your, tap your credit card, tap your credit card oh. until you know the day goes dark. So yeah, that's, that's that one there. The last point I had, and this is again counterintuitive, but RentVest. Are you know what RentVesting is? No, no so idea. So it's, it's owning a property, moving out of that and renting it out. So... I think this is a good one because if if you own a property already and people are trying to find places to rent, well, people can rent while you still own that and that can be an investment property for you. So you just use the rent money to then pay back your mortgage or pay back your interest rate or whatever. Well, not necessarily because you have to then find a place to rent too, right? So you oh, still have to pay so, a rent. Yeah. But what you can now do is offset depreciations and you can also offset um, yeah, the interest rate against your income. And you can claim that back on tax. So again, this is not financial advice. This is just something that I know that people have have done before. So you can Mm. actually offset that and get a better tax refund at the end of the year. So that would be sort of... Take this with a grain of salt. Take that with a grain of salt. But it's what I would do if I was in that boat. Um, If I was like living somewhere getting paying heaps of money, shit, I can't really afford this. Mm-hmm. I would try and look at rental opportunities and go, oh, yeah, I can sort of rent somewhere. Someone else can move in. I can claim the tens of thousands of dollars a year in interest back on tax. And I think, you know, that's a way to sort of get a little bit of money back at tax time. It might not solve my issue, but at least I've got... At least, at least, it's, at least it's something than nothing. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think, yeah, that's that sort of sums up sort of ways to get around it effectively like there's it's going to come to a point where they're going to realize in my opinion that people are they're already suffering now but it's going to get to a point like they can't suffer any further like this has just gone gone on for too long yeah um and everyone's you know gonna it gets we saw what happened during lockdowns right people lost their shit after a while yeah for different reasons that we won't talk about but this is going to happen the same thing people are going to lose their shit and go i literally can't afford to live cost of living is crazy you know i've got one job i need to now get a second job 
like I can't enjoy no. life. So and and as I said, I'm bringing back the uh, like the I guess the mental health issues that will come from this. It's like people will think I can't afford to live. Why should I bother? Yeah, exactly what? right. Yeah, that's that's a big issue. That's a massive problem. Like, yeah, because we saw that happen last two, three years. Yeah, 100%. Awesome. Okay, we're going to finish it there. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you next time. See ya. Thanks for listening. To see more Engineering Dads content like this, head to our YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and I'll link below to see our other projects. Have a good one.